Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 27, 2008. And today we're going to be talking about the indigo children, star children. Uh, we're going to be talking about child discipline, um, how God views the wicked, these types of things. So it's kind of uh, going to be part Bible study, part teaching on the indigo children, star children. So I'm going to be citing many different sources today as we go along and um, start out with this one source from the Berean Chronicles first. <clears throat> as, we as we believers, we know of the end time events, and events that are all around us today, we have the smart, educated parents helping their own children participate in witchcraft and the occult. This is, of course, being you know taught in the New Age movement. Now, again, we see this in things like the Harry Potter, um, <clears throat> various different ways that society, the school system, is trying to actually condition the kids. I mean, Scholastic Inc., which actually owns the rights to Harry Potter, they're the ones that are actually putting this through the public school systems. And again, when we have a wicked government that is behind the wicked public school system, it's no wonder that they're, they're teaching and trying to indoctrinate kids into Harry Potter. And they do it under the guise of, oh, well, they want to read it. Well, it's a demonic attraction is what it is. It's, it's more of a spiritual thing there. And that's why these kids are so clamoring um, to read this stuff. As these children speak or their parents talk about their children, they use such tra traditional words and phrases such as redemption, faith, righteousness, holiness, transformation, abundant life. Many have succumbed to believing these children are doing actually good works. Okay, and these are kids that are that are being indoctrinated again in the New Age movement, into witchcraft, through like Harry Potter. Um, there's different and various ways that they're doing that now. A lot of the different cartoons and shows are also doing that. We should all be aware of the activities around us. Occult words are being twisted into everything which spirit with spiritual lies and half truths. We can spot evil occult activity by the words that they, that are used. And the meanings and the way that people use them in pursuits of witchcraft and the occult. Indigo children are being helped along the way by many witches and New Agers. Now we're going to discuss more what indigo children are, what star children are. There's actually distinctions I found doing the study between them all. Okay, But kind of bear with us until we get to that. <clears throat> These indigo children, as they put it, are, are, are put there to bring about a cosmic shift and the human evolution, and the new awakening of peace on earth. Many people are actually viewing these indigo children, these star children that they're talking about now, as the coming saviors of humanity. And there's a lot of shows on TV that are depicting that exact same scenario. We have like the show Heroes, where you have different and various unsaved, undone, essentially almost God-hating people that have these special abilities and powers, and ultimately, they are humanity's savior. See, they've got to do everything they can do, they can do to try to make a mockery of Christ, because the Lord Jesus Christ is our only hope, our only salvation, that's it. Okay? But they've got to pre present these alternate views of ways in which we will be, end up being saved. And they always want to try to do it if they can and depict that through a human because then that lets us all well up with pride and feel like we're going to be the ones that saves ourselves and these types of things. I mean, one of those people on that hero shows, I believe, is a pornography, they call her a cam girl. Now, I don't go around advocating watching the show, but I watched it a couple times just to see what it was about. And, yeah, so that's the type of people that they've got being depicted as our heroes. Okay, and that's just one of the many. There's no way, you know, you could really possibly keep up with this. That, then there's that show, um, I don't know if it's that one show where the girl is a, is a medium. I know there's one show called Medium. Um, and she communicates supposedly with the dead and, and these types of things. And, and she goes around helping people. So there's a, there's a lot of different shows from Hollywood right now that are that are trying to portray that message. Going back to the indigo children, they would say that we need the wisdom of the ancients, the knowledge of what is possible for humankind that has been known and handed down in all cultures, among all indigenous peoples of the planets. Now, when they say the knowledge or the wisdom of the ancients, <clears throat> one of the main messages of the wisdom of the ancients, and you can hear about this, I did a uh, teaching 
and it's called the, On the Ancient Astronaut Theory. And I actually go up to a New Age Raelian website, the Raelian, the cult of the Raelians, and I actually critique an audio that they actually put out on their site where they talk about the common message that they're getting from these supposed ancients, or the ones that are visiting us on the planet, that they are our, um, we are their progeny. They're, they're basically, um, we are like their big science project. When they came here millions and millions of years ago and seeded the planet, they are our creators, and this is the true wisdom of the ancients that we need to come around and understand, that they actually created us. And they've been behind the scenes, and we've messed things up so bad that they're going to have to intervene in the affairs of mankind coming very soon because we've messed things up so bad. And they're trying to get us prepared for this shift that's coming. And in, in regard to this shift, they're also saying that those that are ready and have prepared themselves will be able to make this cosmic shift so that they too can be gods like the gray aliens or... or in whatever way these these ones are presenting themselves, these these extraterrestrial creatures. So this is the uh, this is the lie that's being handed down to us. Today we have children being told it's okay to contact your spirit guide, and people ask these children to tell us their visions and prophecies. We're going to look we're going to look a lot more at each individual thing that I'm talking about. This is more of an overview. These indigo children try to contact the dead. Many use crystals, occult symbols, and idols. They are being called star children or crystal children. That's just a couple of the names. Now, you have to, you'd, you'd have to say, well, you know, what direction are they pointing people on? And I watched a documentary on this. I've watched actually several things or clips on the indigo children. Never are they pointing people to the true Lord Jesus Christ. Never. Ever. They may be saying... God or things of this nature, but they're never pointing people to the gospel message of the King James Bible. They're, they're not doing that. They're getting, if you, were, if you were to follow these indigo children, these star children, again, it's the absolute quintessential New Age message. So we know, the Bible says by their fruit, you know, we will know them, their fruit is rotten, right off the bat. They are consulting with familiar spirits, they, they and And they do necromancy, okay? And so, in other words, they're consulting with familiar spirits and necromancy, okay? Familiar spirits, um, again, I guess you would define that as a, as a spirit that is familiar with particularly another person, okay? So, if a familiar spirit, which, let's say, possessed a person in their lifetime, let's say that familiar spirit had something to do with Charles Lindbergh or whoever, as a mystic or a uh, somebody that does seances or these types of things or a witch, they can actually use their demonic influence in order to consult with these other familiar spirits. These other familiar spirits will give them the information that they want to know, and then the witch or the necromancer or whoever is doing this will actually channel this information to who's ever wanting to know this information. And many times the information is very accurate. So that seems very impressive to the person. But all it is, is one devil talking to another devil. Remember, they don't die like we do. They're around here for thousands and thousands of years, gathering information and these types of things. They don't have the burden of, of a body, of a physical body that can get tired, and things of this nature, like we do. So they have a big time advantage. Plus they're invisible, can't see them. So that's what they're consulting with. Okay? And they're lying and deceiving spirits. They're liars, too. Many times what they do say, a lot of times it's not accurate. But they're very good at what they do. They can imitate the voice of the person who they're consulting, which seems very impressive. Oh, it's, it's Dear Mother Mildred, or, or, or Aunt Mildred, or Uncle Buck, you know? And it seems like, wow, it's his same voice. It's his same inflections. How could this spirit do all of this. And that's how they do, because they're, they're familiar with the person. Necromancers are really, not, really the same thing. It's just talking to, supposedly to the dead. All you're doing is talking to a familiar spirit which was familiar with the dead person in question. That's all it is. It's not you're bringing the person up from hell, or you're bringing the person down from heaven and talking to them. 
It's not how it goes. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if you're saved. And if you're not, you're going to be in hell. You can't just come and go as you please. That's another big lie that they'll that they'll teach. That these people that, that die these horrific deaths and they don't quite um, get all their business finished on earth. They kind of just hang around and do whatever they want until that business is finished. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't get to make that choice. You either go to heaven or hell. That's it. There's many different names used by these people that talk to these spirits. Trans-channelers, channelers, transmediums. It's all essentially the same thing. The Holy Bible says that Satan nearly always comes transformed as an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness. Now, that, that thing with ministers doesn't always mean some guy, some guy posing as a Christian pastor behind a pulpit. Satan's ministers can, can pose as ministers of righteousness as a witch, if you think about it. That you can go to a psychic, and the psychic can seem all real nice. The psychic can seem even righteous. Like, I'm doing this to try to help you. Isn't that what the New Age is all about? Helping us? Helping us to achieve Godhood? Helping us to achieve this secret esoteric information? These types of things? So... Ministers of righteousness does, you know, it, it can mean other things. And then it says, whose end shall be according to their works. That's 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15. These indigo children are being defined as restless, fearless individuals who believe in themselves, have difficulty with absolute authority, and often see better ways of doing things at home or at school. They are... They are in every country, every continent, and only a clairvoyant can see their auras. Now, let me explain that a little bit. A clairvoyant meaning, again, like a trans channel or somebody that can actually see into the spirit world. In occult terms, that means having your third eye opened. Okay? You ever see the Hindus and they walk around with that little dot in the middle of their forehead? That is, that is a type and symbology of having their third eye opened. Okay? I'm not saying all Hindus can do that. But people that are adept enough in the occult at a high enough level, have actually created a rift between their soul and spirit. And that, this is how it was explained to me in occult terms. They've, they've severed the link between soul and spirit. And when you do that, you can have what you call your third eye opened. Okay? And it, when you have your third eye open, you can actually see into the spirit world, at least to a certain extent. So they say, I don't know. I've never been there, done it. I never plan on doing it. It's not something we want to try to do. Um, you'd have to be involved in very, very high-level witchcraft to do this. It has something to do also with the pineal gland of the body. That's how, what they refer to as the third eye. Not that the pineal gland is evil. God gave us the pineal gland. Okay, But it has something they say to do with that. And the pineal gland, if you look in the body, it would be right where the Hindus put the dots. It would be right behind that, but it would be back into the, into the brain. Directly behind that. So... If you've got your third eye open and you can actually see into the spirit world, you're at a pretty, pretty high level. Now, some people who are born with this ability, what that would tell me is that there was so much generational witchcraft or so much generational occultic curses on the baby that was born that that baby was actually born with that ability. Now, this is why I believe there's so many of these indigo children being born. If you think about it, since the 60s and these types of, of things, when, when a lot of their parents of the indigo children were involved in um, all kind of hallucinogenic drugs, and um, you know the whole thing with rock and roll, and Aleister Crowley, and a lot of the occult stuff that really got cranked up during the 60s, it's no wonder the fruit of that are a nation of children, and I'm not saying everybody's indigo, but I'm saying there's a lot of these indigo children being born now, whereas before there weren't. Okay, I think it can easily be explained when you look at the foundation of what started back in the, in the 60s primarily. And granted, it was, it was going on before then, but that's when it really got cranked up. So, it says that only a clairvoyant can see these ores. Well, that's not true. Because you can actually see these ores through, uh, also through Curlian photography. And th that's well known. Now, Curlian photography, the thing about Curlian photography is, is that it's objective. To, to a certain extent, because Curlian photography is not like going to a clairvoyant or a witch and saying, can you see my aura? Now, what an aura is, so just to define that for you, it's an energy field around the body, 
that has a color to it. Now, I would have to say this is fact, because I've seen too many pictures of actual curling photography to say that there's no validity behind it. I don't think it's in and of itself evil, because God is the one that put this energy field around our bodies. And yes, according to curling photography, there are people that have different colors of these auras. With curling photography, they take this picture with this special camera, and it actually can photograph this energy field. I actually had it done to me at one time. My mom's had it done to her, okay? And I'm not telling everybody, go out and get your, get your aura photograph, because that's what the New Agers are, are, are flocking to do. They're taking their kids to get um, either to a clairvoyant to get the aura read, or to uh, this curling photography, where you actually have actual photographic verification. They're taking their kids there to see if their kids are indigo. Because the indigo kids, the reason they call them that, is because they have a violent, a violent, no, a violet aura when taken on Curlian photography. That's why they call them indigo children. Now, there's a little bit of dispute about that, but from, from the most part, that's the reason, because indigo is a type of violet or, or purple. Okay? So that's why they call them that. Curlian photography, you can actually document this. Okay? And it, in, in that sense, it is something that objectively can be documented. Now, if you go to a witch and get it done, it's subjective. Meaning the witch is saying, Oh, she's got a purple aura. She's an indigo. Which may be what the parents want to hear. <laughs> How are you going to verify that unless you go get curling photography done, which actually is objective, meaning you have a, you have a actual photograph of the aura. So anyway, just a little bit of um, clarification on things there. Remember, I came out of the the new age. I, I um, my mom was heavily involved and, and, you know, to a certain extent is now with that. So, um, I've been exposed to a lot of this stuff growing up. So, they recommend that indigo children attend private New Age schools and focus on individual needs. Now, they actually have these. They have private New Age schools now, really across the world, where you can put your kids in where their powers and these types of things are honed and worked upon. Because it's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it. And these supposed powers that, that they have through generational witchcraft or through invo the invoking of spirits or through the inviting of spirits to basically come and possess them, because that's what really how they gain the powers if you think about it, these powers can be expanded upon, and if they're done so at an early age, then the person grows up and, and they're supposedly, I guess these parents believe they're ahead of the curve. What they're doing, though, to their children, is they're basically saying, we want you to become more demon-possessed than you already are. And we're going to talk about how unruly these kids are. Okay? And, and you would think, if they are demon-possessed, pretty much out of the gate, and we're going to talk about this more, if they are this way, they're, they're, they're um, infused with generational curses and witchcraft, and essentially demon-possessed, you know, that's not something that um, that you would want your kid to have. But see, the New Agers look at it differently. They look at these as good spirits and things of this nature, and so they're they're looking at things all all backwards. Now, the above description is also a description of, of a rebellious child, and we're going to talk about this more. But the Bible says in First Samuel fifteen twenty three for for rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Okay, now this is, um, again, what was um, told to Saul. And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And these kids, as we're going to see, are very, very, very rebellious. And for the most part, the parents just let them do whatever they want to do. And we're going to look at that more. The Bible also says in Deuteronomy 18, 9-14, um, which gives us a listing of the various occult practices condemned in the Bible. Now, I did a whole study on this. I believe it was called Occultic Practices Defined. And you can do keyword searches if you go to my homepage and actually just enter in, like, Occultic Practices or something, and it'll bring up the sermons for you so you don't have to search through all 150-plus teachings. 
Deuteronomy 18, 19, 9-14 says, There shall not be found among any one of you that maketh a son or daughter to pass through the fire, that means child sacrifice, or that use a divination, or an observer of times, now this would be divination, and an observer of times would be like the astrology, and these types of things, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Uh, again, we're going to go through and we're going to define these terms a little bit more later. But again, this is just essentially under the guise of witchcraft, communicating with, with familiar spirits, lying to deceitful spirits. Another way you could do that is through a Ouija board. Now, if you want to get demon-possessed really quick, here's a, good, here's a good recipe for you. Just go get a Ouija board and start messing around with it. Because you'll be demon-possessed before you know it. And I'm, I'm saying that in a tongue-in-cheek way, but seriously, even in occult circles, there's many witches that know not to ever, ever mess with the Ouija board. You, now, you hear what I just said? There's many witches that won't mess with the Ouija board because they know, number one, they're going to get lied to. Two, they know it's a great way to get demon-possessed and go crazy. I was reading a story the other day about the, the foundation of Florida which is the state where I live in, in the United States. And it was about a guy named uh, Flagler. Flagler was one of the main guys that brought railroads into Florida originally. And there was a big scandal at the time because he had a wife that um, he ended up divorcing to marry this, this, I don't know, girl like half his age. Okay, or a, a quarter or a third of his age. And when he did that, there was this big scandal and these types of things. And his wife um, was actually going kind of crazy at the time. And the thing that put her over the edge was when she started messing around with Ouija boards. She, she became absolutely 100% convinced, because of the Ouija board, that she was going to marry the king of Russia. I don't even think there was a king at the time. Okay. This was back in the, in the early 20s. There might have been a czar. But... She said that she's going to marry the, the, the king of the Russias, I think is, is how she put it. And she kept believing this lie. And what happened is, is they got the Ouija board away from her, and they put her in the sanitarium, and she started to improve. But then she got, she got out, and they put her in this cottage, kind of off by herself, and she went to a neighbor and got a Ouija board. She started doing it again, and then she really went off the deep end. And if you see even these shows on TV where these people mess around with Ouija boards... Not only is it a, these people a lot of times go absolutely insane that mess with these things, but it's also one of the main reasons why all of a sudden a house will supposedly become haunted. You know, they start messing with Ouija boards, the house was fine, now the house is haunted. It's not the house's fault. It's because you created a doorway, the Ouija board is a doorway. Okay, And if you go and you consult with these supposed familiar spirits, and all they are is lying, deceiving spirits, you're giving them a right to come into your house. Okay, I don't care if you have Bibles everywhere and things of this nature. You're still giving them that right to come into your house and set up shop. When you create that doorway, you have no idea what you're doing in a spiritual, in a spiritual realm, so it's not something that you want to mess around with. Going back to this Bible verse quote, it says, For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearken unto the observer of times, and unto the diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. When you see that word suffered, it means permitted. He hath not permitted us to do so. We're not supposed to go and read our horoscopes, and go and use you know, astrology and all this other stuff. We're not, or, or go to witches and get our palms read and these are an abomination to God. This is witchcraft. It's not a light-hearted matter to the Lord. It's very serious. All of these forbidden practices are called abominations under, of those nations in the land and dealt with either foretelling, foretelling the future or magic. Um, now, I guess this is a definition here of magic. By the use of magic... One attempted to manipulate, of force, the gods into certain courses of action. Okay, so you heard, you know, like in Greek mythology, they talk a lot about the gods and these types of things. Well, this is how a witch or a wizard or somebody that's involved in witchcraft tries to manipulate things through magic. Child sacrifice was mentioned here because it was either used as a means of foretelling or of 
or as magic to manipulate certain events. Child sacrifice was the highest way that the, that the people could could um, figure out in order to get their demonic prayers answered. I mean, if you wanted to pull out all the stops, and you wanted to be rich, and you had tried every other thing in the world, occultically, and you still weren't rich, or you still didn't have whatever that you wanted, then the only thing left to do is to sacrifice your child, which is the highest thing that you can do to Satan, to please him. Okay, I know that's sick, but that's the way they look at it. And that's why if you let Satan take you, just let's say you go with the flow and you do whatever Satan tells you to do, ultimately what's going to be required is child sacrifice. And the other thing that's going to be required of you is for you to be involved in homosexual activities and then, and then child pedophilia. Okay, now this is well known if you, if you look in the occult. These people that, that try to attain higher levels in the occult, they always end up getting, if, if you're at the hardest, highest levels, always involved with child sacrifice, homosexuality, pedophilia, because Satan is trying to defile them to the maximum degree. And the more they're defiled, the less chance they are ever going to have of getting saved, and the more corrupt they're going to be. And the more they're going to try to corrupt humanity and society. Because they are a tool of Satan. So if we go further, all the practices mentioned above are forbidden in both the New and the Old Testament. They are an abomination to God because they usurp His position as sovereign Lord of the universe. See, you're trying to manipulate something through witchcraft. You're not relying on the Lord to answer your prayer. You're trying to go and circumvent God and get it answered some other way. And they open the door for satanic deception and eventually the, the destruction of those involved in these very practices. Several factors are involved in the reason why the Lord is so opposed to these practices. Number one, using magic to manipulate one's circumstances is essentially a futile attempt to flee the Lord's ethical laws which promote life and blessing. Good point. Good thing to think about. Number two, the use of magic or divination is a refusal to acknowledge the sovereignty of the Lord in one's life. We kind of touched on that. Number three, the reliance on these practices automatically teaches one to trust in themselves for their own destiny and not the Lord. I mean, let's face it, there's not a whole lot of witches running around there saying, Oh, I'm just trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, they're not. They're trying to manipulate their way to wherever they're trying to get, demonically. Now this is a very dangerous, since these practices will almost inevitably lead one into a satanic bondage. Okay, so here are the meanings of occult practices that are mentioned in this passage of scripture. Divination is from the word quasim, or to divide. means to give false prophecy, or to seek, or to determine the will of the gods. By examining and interpreting omens. Now, I'm going to put. Uh, I'm going to try to put this whole teaching up on the uh, uh, up on a PDF file, and so you can actually go and see all the Bible verses connected with these things as well. Sorcery is also known as an observer of times, and it's an attempt to control people or circumstances through power given by evil spirits or demons. Um. An enchanter would be to interpret omens, to tell the future based on signs, such as the movement of birds, fire or rain. Be like omens and stuff like that. Witchcraft involves practicing magic by incantations, among other things. A charmer is one who casts spells, is literally one who ties in knots. That's the actual quote, who ties in knots. Thus, one who binds others' people by magical mutterings. Now, you would think you, that word charmer doesn't really seem like a bad word. Oh, he's charming. Or that word, or the, or the show that they have on television, Charmed. Kind of funny, she's involved in witchcraft. But that word actually means one who casts spells. It's not, it's not a good thing if somebody calls you charming. They may not mean it that way, but it's not, it's from an occultic term, it's a really bad thing. One who ties in knots. One who binds others' people by magical mutterings. Well, what do you mean? Well, from a spiritual standpoint, through these magical mutterings, meaning these magical incantations, they're putting spells on other people which are binding them and blinding them 
to various truths. That's what it actually means. Okay, because if you put a spell on somebody, and that's real, okay, not to say that, that as a born-again Christian, you know, that they have influence over us. Now, if we have all kind of open doors in our lives, yeah, I think they still would. But the Holy Spirit's living inside you, and you're right with the Lord. These are things that I don't believe will have an effect on you, if you're right with the Lord, okay? But if you've got all kind of open doors in your life, I believe they still can affect you, because you've, you've given them that access, because you're the one that created the open doors. And you could say, yeah, but I didn't know about it. What well, does it matter? Because the Bible says we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's, some, that's a way that you can actually be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Um, so that they're actually trying to bind you or tie you in knots. A spiritualist uh, or a wizard is one who supposedly communicates with the dead, but who actually communicates with, with demons, or, or what they also call familiar spirits. A necromancer, one who consults with the dead, against the same thing, basically, may may mean the spiritualist attempt to contact the, the dead to gain advice, information in the future, or to help in manipulation. Now, again, all that is is, is communication with a familiar spirit. That's all it is. Now, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, 1-2, Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron. And again, that's what we're talking about here giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. No, there's probably not been another time since maybe before the flood where humanity as a whole has so much given heed to these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And it occurs in very various and different religions as well. Because if you're involved in false religion, um, you're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils different, to different and varying degrees. I, I believe the charismatic movement among the pseudo-Christians are the ones right now that are giving the greatest heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And when they do so, they think that they're doing God's service because they believe God's telling them to do this. Even though so much of the time what they're being told in these charismatic circles is contrary to the Word of God, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let God be true and every man a liar. What's happening is, is because they're not testing the spirits to see if they be of God, and they test the spirits by comparing what the spirit's telling them to the word of God, because they're not doing that, they're being deceived. Well, hey, it feels good though. I like what they're telling me. Who cares? They're lying to you. And the devil is the father of lies. Yeah, oh, I read one the other day. We got... In fact, that, that debate, Doug, continued um, about this uh, church in Florida. Ignite Church is what it's called. Ignite. It's the Stephen Strader guy who just got into it yesterday with, with Pastor Slattery. And I, I went and defended Pastor Slattery as, as well because um, there's all the stuff about the Straders. This is the Carpenter's Home Church and stuff they've got. And there's all, stuff, all kind of stuff about them up on the internet that's documented in regard to their wicked actions, okay, lying, deceitful, money-grubbing, hungry stuff we're talking about here. And they have one of these line signs and wonders churches, and right now, supposedly, they're having this unbelievable revival, packing out the, the thing every night, and they view that as, see, this is God's blessing. Yes, we've lived like devils in the past, but God's forgot about all that. I know we really haven't repented of anything, but God's forgot about all that. That's all behind and now we're being blessed with this unbelievable revival. Well, Pastor Slattery brought up the fact that, okay, if you're so great and wonderful, I tell you what, let's do this. I'll meet you down at the emergency room at a, at a time of my choosing, so you can't get all your shills down there and supposedly get them all healed. And we'll go down there, and I want you to come down there to the emergency room and to the hospital. I want you to start doing whatever you do, and I want you to start healing people right down the line. And, you know, Strader came back to him, oh, you know, this and that. And he didn't answer anything, he, and obviously he didn't even acknowledge the challenge. Because they can't, because they're liars. They are of their father the devil, and of his works they will do. They cannot back up what they're saying. They can't do it. Now, there's going to come a time when you are going to see, and I believe you are starting to see that to a certain extent, where people are becoming demonically healed. 
I mean, the Bible says the chief way the Antichrist is going to deceive people is through his miracles and his lying signs and wonders. Okay? So, there's going to come a time where that's going to actually happen. But you have to be able to understand the power by which it's happening. The Lord's going to permit it to happen. This is part of the strong delusion that God is going to permit. So understand, He's permitting it. Where does it say that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, God will send a strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned, who receive what? Not the love of the truth. Because it's not truth. They're not healing in truth. They're not healing and then pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ, or to a holy God. That's what's going on right now. And it's going on primarily, one of the primary ways it's going on is in, is in the, the radical Pentecostal charismatic circles. Now they're going to be end up yoking up with the charismatic Catholics. Because remember, we have to have a one world religion. And the charismatic Catholics, there's actually a sect of, of Catholics that are charismatic. They pray in tongues. And they're actually joining now with the radical Pentecostals, to a certain extent, they're getting on the same page, they're tearing down denominational walls, and um, that's coming, and it's already here to a certain extent. So it should be clear by now that these indigo children are if, are if any people are involved in any of these things, even as a passive observer, they should repent and denounce all that they've done before God, turning to Jesus Christ, asking Him for forgiveness, and forsaking all of these accursed practices. Well, I totally agree. So that was that was kind of the the intro. Okay, now we're going to go to this next article called "The Progeny of the Cosmic Humanism: The Indigo Child." This is by a lady named Deborah Ray from April thirteenth, two thousand eight. Just they just wrote this. Newswithviews.com. If you want to see more of her writings, Newswithviews.com. By claiming to be mother. To be Mother Earth conscious, to be Mother Earth consciousness, cosmic humanists, otherwise known as New Age mystics, blur the line between physics and metaphysics. To them, all life is energy, composite energy is God, and the promised expectation is life beyond the grave by becoming a God. I'd say she pretty much summed it up pretty good there, because see, ultimately, that's the ultimate carrot that they're putting out in front of these people is that they're going to become a god. Which is exactly the same lie that Satan told to Eve in the Garden of Eden. You shall be as a god. Okay? To a New Age occultist, every 2,160 years of cyclic time welcomes a new age that advances a new global revelation. Enlightened humans serve as the planetary light bearers for that new age. Now see, that's what they say we're right on the cusp of. Or we're in the, the beginnings of right now. We're entering into this new age. Okay? We're going to talk more about this. And these planetary light bearers, the ones that are kind of like in the know, in, into ushering in this new age, have broken free from the, in this particular case, from the traditional age of Pisces, which was the age of the individual, to forge in its place an illuminated age of Aquarius, the age of cosmic or Christ, the age of cosmic or Christ consciousness and is distinguished by group interplay in idealism. In other words, the group of Pisces, the age of Pisces was a group of individualistic stuff. Okay? Now, we're going into the age of Aquarius, which is the age of, which is the age of Christ consciousness and is distinguished from Pisces by interplay or idealism, meaning that we all have to get on the same page together as a group. Because we can get a lot more accomplished as a group than as an individual, like those old yucky people from the age of Pisces. Each emerging new age boasts a savior, or a Maitreya. Now Jesus, they say, was the Maitreya, or the savior, of the Piscean age, the Pisces age. That's what they say, new agers. Okay, now we know a lot better. There's going to be coming, though, another Maitreya for this age. And we've discussed him a lot. Okay? Uh, actually, and I don't know if you know this, I've said this in, in one or two of the teachings, this Lord Maitreya guy, or I refer to him as Devil Maitreya, he actually take, took credit for what Jesus did 
in his last, you know, few years of ministry, where he came, you know, and, and, and uh, was baptized, he said from, from the point where, where he, um, the dove came down, and the Holy Spirit entered into fullness into Jesus after the baptism of John the Baptist, he said at that point, this devil betrayer guy actually entered in to the Jesus Christ that was walking here on this earth, and basically gave him the power to do all that he did. So, even this guy that's coming, this, 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 I believe he's, he's my leaning candidate for any Christ, I may be wrong, okay, but, from what, from my research, he seems like the, the most likely candidate. He's taking credit for everything Jesus did in this world. Okay? So, that's the guy that's coming. So, each emerging age boasts a new savior, Maitreya, to lead the world into, into the discovery of the higher self. Some insist that contemporary cosmic consciousness materialized experimentally about 30 years ago. Today, evolution from the embryo God to Christhood through multiple reincarnations is more clearly evident than the phenomenon, is no more clearly evident than the phenomenon of the indigo child. Now, the reason they're saying this is the embryo God, this evolution of embryo God to Christhood through multiple reincarnations, the indigo child is the best representation of that that we have right now because the indigo children are all saying that they're, that they're reincarnated many times, multiple, multiple times. And now they're ready to actually achieve Godhood. Because through reincarnationism, which you know you get into like the Hinduism and things of this nature, um, they're believing that they're evolving and evolving through every reincarnation to a higher being. Okay, now they're ready to actually step up to, up to the plate and now become gods. And they're here to help usher humanity into that same godhood, but they're going to be our leaders and our saviors to a certain extent. That's what they're claiming. Indigos are said to be highly evolved, uniquely gifted youngsters whose mission is to teach their elders and thus ensure planetary transformation into a burgeoning golden era of peace and brotherhood. Okay, so the indigos are said to be highly evolved, uniquely gifted youngsters whose mission is to teach elders and thus ensure planetary transformation. Um, whether secular or religious humanists anticipate the emergence of a new su superior species called Homo noeticus. Homo noeticus, sorry. Kind of tongue-tied there today. So, remember guys, this is a new superior species coming. New and improved. Many contend that each universal universal age features a preponderance of people whose auras are given are assigned a given life color. Okay, now remember, I gave you the definition on the aura, so that's the cool thing about the studies. It's kind of going to build upon itself, and now you have a little bit of background. So they're believing now that there's, in each age, there's this preponderance of people who have different colored auras. Hence the indigo children. Although the present, although the present is a violent, a violet age of transition, or purple, or indigo, Indigo colors are destined to become the norm. Okay? That's what they're believing. Because why? Because we're evolving to a higher level. Right? So now, the aura colors are changing because we're evolving. Because purple is an evolving higher color than most of these other colors. I guess is what they're saying. Indigos also go by different names. Uh, now, I'm going to get into this a little bit later because there's actually a distinction between indigos and star children. Star children um, are, is another name, but they're the alleged offspring of a human with an alien. Now, that's what they claim to be. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's what they're claiming. Okay? Or then you have the crystalline children, or crystal children. You also have the dolphin children. Uh, and there's more. You could go on and on. Rainbow children. Some integrate competing theories by claiming categorizations, as these speak to different stages of upward mobility, upward mobility evolutionary process en route to godhood. Wow. Accordingly, it's become all the rage to record auras of small children in order to pinpoint their purported progenies who purportedly make up an astonishing 90% of the population less than the age of 10 years old. Now, I didn't know that. You're telling me that 90% of the kids now are 
have a violet, a, vi- a violet or a purple colored aura. I, I wasn't aware of that, and she doesn't cite any references there. Might be true. I don't know. Now, ultimately, and I hate to say this, but the Bible says that ultimately, broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and few there be that find it. Narrow is the way which leadeth, leadeth to life eternal. You know. Oh, I'm sorry, broad is the way at least leadeth to destruction. Many there be that go there, and, few, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find the narrow way. Okay, it makes sense. So, unfortunately, most of the people on the planet um, are on their way to hell. And, again, I wish it were not so. And our job as Christians is to help glorify the Lord Jesus Christ once we're saved, and be representatives of Him on this earth, to be salt and light, Hopefully that he would use us to lead many people to the Lord, ultimately. Because why else would he keep us here? It, once we're saved. Other than to help other people, you know, get saved. So, and I'm not saying if somebody has a purple aura, they're absolutely destined for hell. Okay, so don't confuse me there. But, um, if this is the case, then evidently there's a lot of these indigo children around right now. Accordingly, it's become... Okay, now I already read that part. Rumor has it that Edgar Cayce foretold the emergence of the indigo child long before fellow psychic Nancy Ann Tapp coined the term. Now, I don't know if any of you know Edgar Cayce. I know of him because of my dealings in the alternative health field, because a lot of people in the New Age follow him. He had all these things that, that supposedly he was channeled through these demonic spirits that told him how to do this, or, or how to make this health concoction, or this or that. And I wouldn't touch any of that stuff with a 10-foot pole. In 1999, a 1999 book, thusly titled, was written and actually channeled by Lee Carroll, an economics major. Carroll once ran a technical audio business, but now channels messages from a higher being named Krylon. Now, he's the guy that started the spray paint company, Krylon. Oh, sorry. Teasing, teasing. Anyway, um, but his name is Cry... Well, actually, Cryon. Sorry. Not Krylon, Cryon. So, K-R-Y-O-N. Now, when I did that teaching oh, a couple months ago on the United Nations and the United Nations Meditation Room, and just so everybody knows, the Pope did visit the United Nations Meditation Room on his visit here to America. He went in there and checked it out. Probably performed some type of uh, satanic thing. But anyway, um, Cryon has actually addressed the United Nations Assembly. Okay? Just like Lord Maitreya has. Okay? So, this Cryon guy isn't some just, you know little little uh, familiar spirit or whatever, supposedly, you know, he's done all these things, and he has a lot to do with the indigo children, okay? Um, this, let's see, this Lee Carroll once ran a technical audio business, now channels messages from the higher being Cryon. So what happens is, is these people that channel a particular spirit will go before the United Nations and channel the spirit, Okay, just like Benjamin Cream will go and channel this Lord Betraya guy. That's how they do it, typically, most of the time. Supposed messages received contain instructions for spirit communication, healing, and attaining the next level, the higher next level. Now, enter the word, enter Lucifer, meaning light bearer, or morning star, or shining one. Lucifer appears only once in the Bible. Okay, sorry. This lady just fell for, this lady that was writing this, just fell for uh, the NIV satanic trick. She said, enter Lucifer, meaning light bearer, morning star. It doesn't mean morning star. It does not, Lucifer does not mean morning star. Son of the morning is a way you can refer to Lucifer. Okay, this was before he fell. And how can I prove that? Go to Isaiah 14.12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, in the NIV, though, that will read, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, morning star? And if you have an NIV reference Bible, it'll take you to the, to the um, reference in Revelation where it refers to Jesus Christ as the bright and morning star. 
So you would get confused having an NIV Bible, thinking if Lucifer and Jesus Christ are the same thing. Or that Lucifer is Jesus Christ. But she fell for that, and she put Morning Star, and she was wrong there. And I, I didn't pick up on that when I read this the first time. So that's, that's just one more evidence of why you need to have a King James Bible. Because there's so many instances like that where they've, where they've removed words, changed words. They remove whole verses in the NIV. There's whole verses that are totally missing. And if you doubt that, email me and I'll give you the NIV Bible quiz. And we'll go over some Bibles and you can get your NIV Bible out. And we'll give you a whole list of verses you can go try to look up. And they're not even there. And it's like, it's crazy, because you're reading verse 10, then all of a sudden it's verse 12. Well, where did verse 11 go? Uh, it's just gone. The, the translators thought that we didn't need that verse. It was bad. It wasn't, it wasn't needed. Hmm. Talk about trying to play God. So, Lucifer appears in the Bible and is depicted as the one who rebelled against God and as a consequence fell as lightning from heaven. That's talked about in Isaiah 14.12 and Luke 10.18. Satan's tempting Eve with the empty promise that you shall become as gods has been repeated, repeatedly used as bait throughout the ages. Some accept that mass planetary quantum leap via Luciferic initiation or demon possession, broadly known as transformation, will usher in the anticipated new age of Aquarius. The earth will then become a sacred planet distinguished by a new international world order under a new age Christ, which is actually the Antichrist. Now, according to the Indigo website, who, who's actually, the, there's an Indigo Children website that's actually owned by Cry, Cryon Writings. This Cryon, this spirit, okay, the guy that's channeling the spirit, um, they have their own company, evidently, Cryon Writings, and these youngsters enter the world with no feelings of royalty, with feelings of royalty, I'm sorry, and shameless entitlement. Socially, school is, dif is difficult for them, yet self-worth poses no problem. Such children do not respond to guilt discipline, nor do they take interest in homework, which to them is flat-out boring. Now, I'm going to go ahead and segue into the second part of the teaching now, because we're going to get into a lot of Bible verses regarding children, child discipline, and how God views the wicked which some of this is going to be pretty surprising, but it's all in the Bible. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one there, and we'll go to part two next.